White, welcome to the show, man. Good to see you. Thanks for joining us today. Thank, thank you very much, Tom. It's good to see you both. It's always a pleasure. Chris, yes. Always fun to be with you. Good to see you, and Tab. Tab, the uh, do you know what we call Tab, Chris? The doctor, I believe. Yeah. Am, am, I, am I right about that? <laughs> the doctor. Oh, that's scary. <laughs> no, well, we call scary. him two things. The doctor. I'm sorry to put you on the spot. That's okay. The doctor, <laughs> but we also call him the Chuck Norris of sales training. That was dubbed. Uh, uh, by one of our clients, I think, right? Oh, that was what's a Tyler? Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I, I Square, like, that's right. I think I like Doctor better. <laughs> we need we need a nickname for you, Chris, as now as the number yes. number one best number, not number two, not number three, not number four, not in the top ten. Not, you don't have to spin this at all. There's no spinning. You are the number one best selling author on amazon that's that's incredible my friend uh, seriously i and i don't even have a shred of jealousy i don't i think. know i'm just glad i know him uh, yeah we, we get like, to hang I, out with him i'll never forget we were talking i mean when were we when were we in san francisco was, by the it bay was november with the, it was november of 2018 november of Gosh. 2018 we had a okay this is why there was a double rainbow yep literally tab two rainbows i mean seriously yeah. two rainbows and when chris was like i don't know i'm gonna read a book i'm gonna write a book maybe i don't know if you you had solidified the plan to write the book um i don't you were thinking about starting your own gig you just kind of those those ideas were swirling around we were whining yeah. and dining you trying to get you to join aslan and you're yeah. like i can't you guys uh, i got stuff to do i'm too busy i got stuff to do. Yeah. and then and then you do it you write the book which you did in like a tenth of the time that it took me. And then now you're number one bestseller, six habits. Uh, no, hi, wait, hold on, hold on. Yeah, it is six habits of highly effective sales engineers. I know I can't read it though. That's I wanted to say, yeah. So man, that's yeah. congrats. Thank you very much, guys. No, you know, awesome. it's funny. It's it's funny, Tom, that, that conference is really what sparked it. And I had thought about writing a book for a while, but at that conference, mm -hmm. we it was a sales conference. And the yeah. one thing I observed, I watched all these people on stage sort of giving yeah. their pitches and talking about their model and their formula. And look, they were all good, but mm -hmm. none of them were particularly, you know, Special, you right I, yeah, like yeah. they weren't doing anything that i couldn't do mm -hmm. but the one thing they all had in common they'd all written a book yeah. and then right. and then started their business and and i and 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 I, it was it was at that conference that i came to peace with the fact that the only chance i ever had of actually doing what i wanted to do Mm -hmm. was to write a book. And so that's, there you go. Awesome. And then, and then, it, and it was, and I, I hired a, a book publisher, like a publishing coach yeah. within, within six months of that conference. And the book was published within two months of hiring him. So and the rest is that, there's okay. There's a little truth nugget right there. If you need to do something difficult, which all of us do hire a coach, get a, a coach. or get a coach. Yeah, we talk coach. about that a lot. We, that's come up on multiple podcasts, Tom. We, yeah. you know, there's somebody out there who's done this. Yeah. Find them, hire them, work with them, utilize them. Yeah. Somebody Great. knows how to help you get what you want. Somebody knows how to help you get what you want. Just find that person. And I, what I loved about hiring a coach for me is it trapped me. Like, yeah, I had to yeah. do something. I'm like, okay, so we're going to meet and they're going to tell me what to do. And they tell me what to do and I have to do it. And they say, well, that sucked. 
one one of my coaches said, "Stop writing." <laughs> Here's your tip. Yeah. Stop. Well, and you know, you guys, I know there's a couple of things we're going to talk about, yeah. but I'm inspired. I'm inspired to share the the sales lesson that I learned from my coach. Okay. Because when I reached out to him. Literally, one of the first things he said to me in our first conversation yeah. was, Chris, what will it mean to you, to your career and to your life to have published a book? Wow. And I, and I, and, and I went, wow, it would mean everything to me. And, he, wow. and we talked, he literally invited me to put myself in the place of the book's been published. What does that mean to you? Wow. And what does that mean to your career? And, and, and he it. had, right. He had me get excited about that moment. Mm-hmm. And, and it's such wow. a good lesson in sales, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, what you know, what would this mean to your organization if you've implemented something like our solution and right. you've, you've resolved these problems, right? Mm-hmm. Now they're immediately, they're thinking about the outcomes, right? They're immediately right. thinking about not, how much it's going to cost, how much time and how much mm. effort, but what, what the satisfaction and, and return on investment might look like. Right. Yeah. So, that is, so that's, such a good that was, he taught me a sales lesson and he didn't even, he, he didn't yeah. even know it. That is right? such an important lesson. I, I, I read this the other day and this may be a quote or saying that I've just missed my entire sales career, but the quote, it was, I was actually walking in uh, to some a real estate office and it was on the wall. It says, when you give people facts, they think, but when you get them to, when you, when you get them to elicit emotion or when you elicit emotion, they act. That's really And good. really, yeah, you know, to get people to, especially in the market that we're in now, I think for most of us, it's hard to get people. There's a lot of fear out there. It's hard to get people to act and we've got to get yeah. them to emotionally experience our recommendation and get them. Yeah. And that's a different skill set. Yeah, but it starts with kind of helping them dream about what does this look like? What is and what's exactly. it? What's the personal application? Like I love that it was personal. So yeah. a lot of times when we're dealing with our customers, working with our decision makers, we think about their organization. Yeah, right. What's the organization trying to do? I can easily look back that you know I'm meeting with this person, they're talking about the company, but what right. if we shift it and go? Well, what does it mean to you? I remember asking. Sean Bentel, our, our friend at American Airlines, and you know, when we ask him that question, he goes, legacy. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, yeah. so you're really focused on legacy here. And I, and I was so motivated by that. It was a completely changed the different the conversation. This wasn't just about a training initiative and how do we get people to convert more customers and upsell. And it was about yeah. legacy. It's about investing in his people. And it just, it's, it's a cool, great point. Yeah. 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 Really good. Great point. Well, really what... Chris, I, I, as we talked the other day, um, we started just catching up and you shared, you know, some thoughts about the recession and receptivity and challenges that we're facing. I thought this would be a good podcast. And we wanted to celebrate the fact that your book is number one. Uh, yes. So congratulations on that. I wish we had Thank some you. noises tab. Do we have like any celebratory? <laughs> well, I can make noises, some... but I don't think we really want that. <laughs> we'll do that on the back end. Our, our, fa- <laughs> our, uh, our producer... Sam Cassidy. By the way, I was about, about to mention our producer, Sam Cassidy, who's, you know, mm. could maybe add some cool celebratory sounds or. Yes. Or yes. We know of you because of Scott Cassidy. So my, my friend and brother, Scott, if you're listening to this podcast, we appreciate you because, uh, because of you, 100%. May, you, you know, you may not have even written the book without Scott because he is he the one. I mean, that's it. 
Honestly, he, guys, that's a true statement. I mean, did he invite you, know, you to that conference? It's a Selling it, Power it, conference, by the way. I want to plug our friends at Selling Power. Yeah. No. Here's the irony: is that he and I had re, he and I had recently reconnected because you know mm -hmm. we went to high school together. Sort of yeah. lost touch for quite a few years. We had recently re reconnected just after he joined Aslan, and mm -hmm. and I had just recently took taken over a sales enablement role okay. with a with a with a tech tech company. Okay. So we realized that we were connected there. And then I, I was, I went out to that conference. I signed up for my conference for that conference on my own and walked in. And of course there's no Cassidy. way. Okay. And I was like, okay, now the world is just, you know, the, the uh, world okay. Is, I did not you know, know the universe that. That is, is just crazy. working here. That, that is crazy. crazy. That is crazy. I love it. Well, Scott, uh, for, for those of you who don't know, Scott, he was, he was, uh, he's an Aslanite and now very uh successful executive uh at an, another company so yep. love scott love the cassidy clan so well let's talk about let's talk about the recession so there's the uh, looming recession that's out there whether it happens or not even the thought that it might happen and what's happening with inflation prices etc People are a little tighter. It seems to be a little bit more difficult to sell. And I loved your take on it as you were talking about what's the typical response, which is the, the, the intuitive response to a recession is actually really backfires. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and it's sort of twofold. And, and look, if I'm fully, if I'm fully honest with both of you, I mean, I, I recognize this a little bit in myself yeah. and, and, and as you guys well know, I mean, I, I sell, I sell sales training predominantly to technology companies and I work right. with a lot of small to mid-sized companies. And I, in the past two or three months, I have had a few companies, you know, sort of Pull, pull back on, you know, some things we were going to do. And, and one of the things that they cited was, you know, uncertainty in the economic, you know, you know, conditions of the world. And, right. and so of course that makes me as a sales professional begin to get a little bit concerned and fearful. Mm -hmm. And so as a result, what do I start doing? Right. I start worrying more about quote, hitting the number. I, I start worrying more about me closing the deals that I thought might, you know, be right. on the forecast instead of what we all as sales professionals know in our heart of hearts, we should be doing, which is really focusing on a customer and what's mm -hmm. in their best interest and what are they trying to accomplish. And, you know, Tom, you wrote the book, Unreceptive. What do, what do, you know, I'll just use the term buyers yeah. tend to become in, in when times get a little bit tougher, more unreceptive to mm -hmm. you know the the sales the professional sales or, the, yeah. or the sales reach if i can say that so i feel like there's two forces that are that are happening here and it's honestly it was refreshing when you when you reached out and gave me a call it was refreshing to me because every time we talk i'm reminded of the principles that we're supposed to be out there teaching others right yeah. which right. is people are more unreceptive so we need to work that much harder to demonstrate yeah. that, look, we're here for you. We're here to serve. And if, if there's no way we can help you, we're, you know, we're not trying to, you know, interrupt and, and, you know, just, you know, mm -hmm. disrupt your, your operations and, and B we need to, we, we need to remind ourselves that even though we're What's a little our real bit, role, even though we're a little bit fearful, we still have to put others first. So yeah. that, that's, that's sort of the aha man, moment that, that I yeah. have. 
that well, we've home. had some we've had some good practice coming out of COVID because yeah. we just <laughs> dealt with unreceptive when you have a pandemic, a global pandemic. <laughs> yeah. so, you it's know. like we can't it's like we can't get a break. Like we were finally coming out of COVID. Uh, <laughs> right. And now and now the recession looms. Exactly. Yeah, it, it is. And who knows what's really gonna have a recession, but the, the truth, the truth about our instincts. Uh, and how our instincts sabotage our success. It's so, it's it's so sabotaging because we do. Like I just had a meeting right before this podcast. Uh, there were six people on the call. It's a real opportunity, and I'm nervous. Yeah, I'm anxious, and I started to unpack it. Okay, why am I anxious? Because I want to win, and I need to mm -hmm. win, and I need to, you know. And not only do I need to win, there's even a deeper need is I want to feel good about myself. I want to perform. Mm. I want to feel like I got off the call. What am I afraid of? I'm probably more afraid of getting off the call and thing. I blew that. I'm an idiot. I don't, you know, I'm not good at this or whatever yeah. those demons, those voices in my head that are negative. And what is that all about? All right. And that is about me. And so I thought uh -huh. about what one of our guests, Kelly Talamo, I remember saying when you're going to speak, which is just kind of like a speech because it's, it, there's so many people. Um, is like it's either a performance or you're communicating and helping yeah. people understand how you how you can help them solve their problem. And yeah. I was like, it, when I recognize, okay, this is about me. I need to reset my compass to make it about them and not about me. I just, I could feel my, temp, you know, all of a sudden I started calming. And then when the people got on the phone, I mean, I got on the Zoom meeting, I started joking with them and I, I was myself. And yeah. right. And when I'm myself and I'm focused on them, guess what happens? They open up, you speak more clearly, you think more clearly, you respond, you listen, you do all those things that help you win. But when fear kicks in, we revert to protection. Yeah. Right. And what we need to do yeah. is fight that instinct because the customer's yeah. afraid too. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, you know, and and I'm I'm inspired. You know, having listened to quite a few of your podcasts, I, I know I know not that all tabs, of them. Chris, have you not I, listened to all of them? I, I've not listened to all of them. I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm all right. Working, okay. I'm working my all way right, through. Okay. That's I'm working all right. my that's, way through. Okay. Um, but I know Tab likes things in threes. He's a, he's, oh, he's a yeah. threes give guy. me a three guy. You give me so, five, I'm lost. You give me two, I'm one. Yeah. So so we're gonna. That's why well, they call think, me the doctor, Chris. I think we need to frame. We need to frame this conversation into three okay or right, three, three all right i'm ready three three things that people can walk away with mm. and, and i'm not sure what those three things are i think we're going to we'll uncover make those them up as we go we'll make them up but i figure i fi i think i know what the first one is okay and and you just inspired me tom when when you said that you had to sort of look in inwardly and ask yourself, what is it that I'm actually afraid of? Mm -hmm. I recently heard a term that I have fallen in love with called problem deconstruction. Okay. Mm. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to modify that a little bit mm -hmm. to fear deconstruction mm -hmm. or anxiety deconstruction. Mm -hmm. Like if we find ourselves feeling anxious or fearful if we pause just for a moment, like you just did, and just deconstruct, what am I really afraid of here? Yeah, and right? name it. What am I right? What am I really concerned? Mm -hmm. that, and 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 what bad things really going to happen? I think we we can very quickly realize that. Okay, you know what? The, the, there's no reason for me to be afraid right. of whatever there's it is no. I think I am, and we can we can learn to diffuse that. So I think the first takeaway fear deconstruction let's let's mm. pick it apart and mm. and come to peace with what's really going on 
I love that. Um, That's good. Yeah. And it's typically something related to power or money or pleasure or something but I, that is so important. And I've, I've found that that's really, if I can name it, like, what am I so afraid? Like what I surprised myself when I asked myself that question, what am I really afraid of? Uh, and I thought, actually, it's more about how I'm perceived. That's ridiculous. Mm. Yeah. Because it's really the reason I knew that because it's not really a large opportunity. Yeah. Compared to a lot of our clients, it's not, even though it's, it's a client I love, because it's somebody that came that we've worked with before and moved to a new industry. And so, but it, and I, we really want to work with them, but it's not about the money. I know it's not about the money. It's about how I perceive myself. And then Mm -hmm. I go, well, that's ridiculous. Yeah. And then I tell myself the truth. What's my real role. Do you really believe this is what's the best way. And and so then I, I literally, my emotions started to align with the truth. But that's a really good point. And I think it's difficult for people, but the, 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 the awareness comes from the feeling. Mm. Like I can tell when I'm, uh, you know, either some people aren't aware of their feeling. They can see how they're acting. Like they may be just their body language or, or just what they're, how they're acting or their pace, their, their speech or whatever they're doing. Can they can, they can highlight that. So I think that's a really good point. So determine the fear and tell and, and tell yourself the truth. Can yeah. we can, that's number one. Beautiful. Okay. Let's talk so let's... about fear on the customer side. Or is that, did I interrupt you? Do you have another Let's talk about fear on the customer side. So as, as a customer, mm-hmm. what, what do they, what, what do most decision makers fear most? What most, uh, what do- most of decision makers fear the most? Yeah. When, when, when dealing with a, a provider, when, oh, when yeah, they're, you know, they're afraid they're going to make a bad decision and it's going to make them look bad to whoever their boss is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what yeah. it's like. Oh gosh, I selected Aslan. Exactly. If they don't yeah. do a really good job, I'm going to look bad. If they do great, I'm going to look good. For, first and foremost, my reputation is on the line here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I, I oftentimes I think that's, I think that's number one. Yeah, I mean, you think about it. That that's I've said this before. Uh, talking to 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 sales sellers, uh, you know, it, what's at stake for you might be ten thousand dollars, could be fifty thousand dollars in commission. What's at stake for them? Probably their job. Could be their job. Could be their yeah. next promotion. It could be their entire yeah. career path. Yeah, it, it could, could be, be huge. Pinned on this. Yeah, and depending yeah. on the yeah the how difficult it what type of engagement it is, but yeah, there's a there there yeah there's it's real fear. So so how how can we as sellers then use that? And and I'm I'm the word that's coming to mind is to our advantage, but but I don't want to I don't want to make it about us. So how can we use that to the collective advantage of the conversation or mm-hmm. or both parties involved? Mm-hmm. The way that I think about it is, you know, the customers want to feel safe, right? That's ultimately how they make it. They ultimately make a decision when they feel safe. It's like, and so that's why companies will use or go with the well-known brands because there's a safety there Well, you know, I'm, I'm, well, they, they've done it or well. So, so if you're not the number one in your category, that may not be, that may be an option for you. So I always look at it as, is how, which we're not, I always look at it as how can I reduce risk or eliminate risk? 
And I even say that I said, our goal is to eliminate risk from the process. So this is the process that we found is the best process for you to adopt, to evaluate this type of solution and to solve this problem is to walk through these steps. And as you go through that, we're going to bear all the brisk so that you can make the most informed decision. And, and I found that that works great. Yeah. And not, not because I close more, although it does lead to a higher close rate. Um, they embrace the process because they see that it does eliminate risk and it's the best process for them to follow. Because if I can orient my process around what does the customer need to do to evaluate the solution versus what do I need to do to fill out the CRM and put what stage I'm in, it, it, which no one cares about, then that's that's why deals get stuck and velocity, deal velocity slows down and why deals stay in the pipeline for 344 days. Um, so I think it's, it's about reducing risk. I don't know how you do that. And I say you plurally. Yeah. Go ahead, Tab. You well, I, yeah, I was just going to say, I just had this call last week. Um, I'm amazed that it makes me think most people don't think like we're talking because <laughs> like, I'm amazed, he, you know, I'm trying to close this deal and, you know, he's reaching out he's like, everything looks good, but you know, is he just, it was only so apologetic, you know, gosh, we, if we had to shift this here and we had to move some of this into Q1 of 2023 and we had to reevaluate because of this and this, I mean, is that even a possible, I mean, I'm like, of course it is. We'll mm. make this as risk-free as you need it to be. Like mm. if you need us to say, Hey, we're just going to commit to this and then we'll, we'll decide on this layer. I said, whatever you need. And he was, you know, he was blown away by that. So I'm like going, that's crazy. Of course you'd mm -hmm. do that. Yeah. But, you know, so I, I think there, that it does separate us. So I think yeah. that is a good point. Yeah. And I think the so, key to doing that is tab is where people don't do that is they're afraid of wasting time. Yeah. Opportunities. So they're working so many opportunities that aren't really qualified. If you know who you, where you need to invest your time, That's it. you can get really excited about following a different process and getting more embedded versus like, I can't do that with them, but I can do that. Great with you. point. That's great. And, and the reason I did it is because it's very strategic opportunity. I know mm. what's on the backside of this and I'm willing to risk that. It's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. Really That's good right. point. Well, and, and interesting, Tom, again, you use the word afraid of, right? Mm -hmm. Afraid, afraid of spending too much time, afraid of, afraid of. Right. So, so Tab, sticking with our three points. Yeah. So why do you say I, that to him? Because he's the doctor? Is that why? He's you, the doctor. Well, okay. I'm a little, I'm a little bit, I'm a little, I'm, I know this is going to sound very controversial. Okay. Some, maybe sometimes I could be a little more organized than you, Tom. Is that, is that, is That's that fair? Controversial. That's is that controversial? controversial? Okay. I don't know. Okay. Maybe I, I'm just I, linear. I, I have such a hard time believing that <laughs> <laughs> okay we tied i just like three points okay okay i no, will admit no. i will admit that i'm not as linear as most people yes Ta yeah. i think tab and i think very much alike I, when I heard him say that in one of his in one of his podcasts i said <laughs> i am so with you tab like three th three key points so we're going to break it down into three so, yep. right. so the first one was fear yep fear what are, what are, I don't even determine de the deconstruction. Fear, I like deconstruction. That. The second one we were just talking about understanding fear from the side of of the customer's perspective. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and we were also talking a little bit about, you know, reputation, risk. Mm -hmm. So the second word that I'm going to share, and by the way, I, I have to give credit where credit is due. I attended a, a conference about a month and a half, two months ago. A gentleman named Garen Hess is okay. the CEO. He's the CEO of Consensus, and okay. he did a talk on buyer enablement. 
Mm-hmm. And one of the words, one of the terms that he shared with the group is emotional ROI that mm-hmm. we need to be, we, we focus so much on, on driving ROI and, and demonstrating ROI. We need to, we need to keep in mind the emotional ROI that people, that the individuals that we're selling to will receive as a result mm. of in, quote investing with our company, with, with our solution. And, and three of the things, and these are, these, are, these are our words, right? We talked about reputation. We mm. talked about yeah. risk. And I'll throw a third one in there, reward. Mm -hmm. If we can think of what their emotional ROI is in terms of reputation, risk, and reward, Mm -hmm. I think that positions us very well to have that conversation. Does that resonate, guys? I love Mm, it. That's awesome. Yeah, I really do. Because it it taps into, I like it. It's a good good tag for, you know, sometimes we'll talk about the un- kind of the uh what do we call it it's the unstated like unofficial yeah unstated emotional need but then also kind of like the unofficial off the books reason people work with you you know yeah. that's the informal, emotional ROI the inf- it's the in- informal informal it, decision drivers are so and it's more. like I just have a gut feeling I mean exactly. that this just feels right that's emotional mm-hmm. ROI yeah and yeah. you know what the best way to, and I'm not adding another point guys. Okay. I'm not adding another point. I'm not <laughs> going to get what, go away from our threes, Yeah. but wh- what's a very counterintuitive way to get people to see the emotional ROI is to take the trip and help them s- and get them to explain to you what problem they have, because they believe if you understand their problem and you, and you can validate their point of view and you can, you can feed it back to them and they go exactly, then they believe you can solve it. It's like, it's like they, and they, they get more connected to you emotionally because you get them because people make emotionally think about people make emotional decisions. Yeah. Right? They don't make, they don't, they don't have the time to do all the research required to make a logical choice. They have to, they make emotional decisions about why they talk to you, why they share what they're going to share, why they ultimately believe exactly. you. It, it ultimately what they're going to get out of it is emotional. Even if it's financial, it leads to meeting an emotional need, respect. Yeah. It's all emotional. So if we can connect on an emotional level, they start to see um, the value of what you offer in a completely different way. And they listen to you. Yeah. Well, you just, that fits beautifully under our emotional ROI category. Okay. So we're like, not creating another how category. To. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's what we do about it. It's, mm-hmm. it's a tactical approach to connecting to the emotional ROI. Yeah. Love it. And, and Tom, you used a term that we obviously know very well, take the trip. I'm I'm wondering if it's possible that some of your listeners or listeners to this very podcast may not fully understand. That's not possible, that. Chris. That's, That's not possible. possible. That's not possible. No, if this is their first one, it's a really good point, Chris. This if could you're be listening this to is this their podcast debut. and you haven't read the book or know what Take the Trip is, I want you to stop, hit the pause button right now and just leave. I think that's that's <laughs> no, yeah, that's a great point. Um you know, the, the concept that we talk a lot about at Aslan, and obviously it's in the book, it's about when we're, when we want to influence somebody, and I love to define influence this way, there's two polarized points of view. You see the world, you're on the North Pole and you see the world, uh, you're up and the way you see the world is completely different than the way the other person sees the world, which they're on the South Pole. So you have two polarized points of view. That to me 
captures what our role is as sellers and leaders is to influence people to see the world in a different way. Okay. So we, we, we go, okay, great. So what we, our instincts tell us, especially when we're fear kicks in and recessions looming, how do I get better at articulating my point of view? How do I get better at making my, you know, communicating my value prop? How do I get better at proving my value prop again, North pole, but reality, here's the counterintuitive. The truth is the more you validate and take the trip and leave your position and come down and see the world the way they see it and feed it back to them. And they know that you understand them and em empathize with what's important to them. Like I remember one of the decision makers that I was working with years ago, you know what her informal driver was for the project, what her mm. risk was, what her fear was, mm. is that she had a child with, with um, health needs. She was in the mm. middle of a, a family crisis. Her informal driver was, will you manage this project for me and make sure it goes well? Because I don't have the emotional bandwidth or the time to do it because I have a crisis at home. That was her driver. So first of all, I have to get her to tell me that. She yeah. has to trust me because I've left my position of telling her why Athlon's awesome and what we can do for her and the ROI, blah, blah, and see her world, feed it back to her. And so we're connecting at a level where I go, I get it. I have four kids. I will not basically, I didn't say these exact words, but the message was, I will, I got the ball. You can trust me. I will manage this project. We're going to get it done, blah, blah, blah. I, I will be your partner. And that was, that was why she chose Athlon. Yeah. And, and, but if I had never taken the trip, right. Then, and, and what yeah. would she have done? Had I not done that, she'd have just picked the company that has the best reputation. Yeah. 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 You know, good. it's, it, it's interesting. It's interesting, Tom. And I've, I've shared this with quite a few of the, you know, the, the folks that I've worked with some, you know, many of the workshops that I've worked with and, and I've, I've narrowed it down to a very specific emotion. Okay. And, and that emotion is anger and frustration when okay. you're, when you're dealing with a client or a prospect yeah. and you find yourself getting angry and or frustrated by something that they have said, chances are you haven't taken the trip that's and well said. that, and that's where you need to take, like, rather than, rather than getting frustrated or rather Back than getting young. defensive, just get curious, right? Mm -hmm. Like the mo the instant we turn that into curiosity is the instant we begin to take the trip. Really, you think sales training doesn't work, mm -hmm. right? And right. I I tell this I I I I ask clients what is it what is the one thing that you dislike hearing your prospects say the most? <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. I, and and they'll tell me, and I say, okay, so let's say for argument's sake, you've come and talked to me, and I tell you, you know what? Your platform can't do blank. I don't right? trust the cloud. Oh, right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And and I say the moment you become curious instead of defensive or angry is the moment we begin to take the trip. So anyway, just a just a, I, a, I a love I love that, that example. One of the ways that I think about it is in that same situation is when that happens, there's something that I don't know. Exactly. And that if I took the trip and I found out, I'd go, oh. There's something I don't know. If I think somebody's wrong or yeah, I have a negative emotion about it, there's just something I don't know. I love that. Exactly. And so 
and those are the the real drivers to why you win or lose. Yeah. And by the way, it's harder to win when there's more competition, right? Because when the when when there's you know when the economy shrinks, there's more people trying to win deals, so the competition goes up, and you gotta you gotta improve your game. And so what we typically do is we try to again we go back to what's comfortable, which is messaging. And which, yep. by the way, all of that's important. How you position your solution, what you say about your solution, your ability to validate the payoff of your solution, great yeah. presentations, all those things are important. Yeah. And we got to up our game. But but if we don't have that emotional connection and we which eliminates the fear, which is what we've been talking about, it's, yeah. we're going to fail. I love it. Uh, now, I've got. I don't know if this is a third. I, I would not be nearly bold enough to state that this could be the third key, okay. but I'm going to throw out something and it, it see if it could. Okay. It's just in my All brain. Right. If we're going to we're going to we're going to kind of brainstorm. Could this be the yeah, third? We're brainstorming. Okay. I'm not making any strong statements. I think our audience can tell we really prep hard for these. <laughs> This, Un, unscripted, unrehearsed, uh, and unpredictable. That is an, an <laughs> like, unbelievable. That's a great part. Wait, that was about. four. That was oh four, yeah, exactly. Was I four. know, but that's that. I'm suck. I'm kind of capturing the whole concept. I got it. Okay. Um, but you know, where does? Because when when I think about, it, you definitely have to kind of do your fear de deconstruction. You got the emotional ROI. You got to understand that how that comes into play. That that plays a big part in receptivity, right? Mm -hmm. Creating receptivity. Um, but what I start thinking about when I'm thinking whether it's selling in COVID or selling in a scary economy or anything like that, um, I, I have to tell myself that sometimes, and, and this is probably a build value thing, that. This is a real opportunity. Like you can kind of look at it either side of the coin. It's hard because people are worried about budgets and they have all the things we just talked about, this fear, they have emotional stuff, all that baggage. Mm -hmm. But if you if you put that aside, it is a wonderful time. I mean, some of our great growth has happened in these kind of moments because mm. all of a sudden people you you start building value and now's the time take the risk now is when you go get market share now you build value in if there was ever a time to invest in your people to actually start growing some of these existing accounts it's mm -hmm. now you know so there i feel like there's something around that like get excited about um whatever you sell kind of really kind of connecting that value, you know, you know, where we are. And that's not just in the sales training world, right? That's in, in, in anybody in any that's market. doing anything, any market, you got to figure out where is that real value in this kind of market. So thoughts. I think I, I have I, a thought, but I'm going to let Tom respond first. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, Chris. I'm probably good. Cause then when you, you'll clean it up at the end. <laughs> Uh, exactly. He'll clean it, tighten it up. Uh, He's got that well, bullet already kind of moving yeah, in his brain. I was, I was just going to echo Tab by saying uh, that's exactly the way I'm trying to look at it for our own company. Yeah. Anytime there's challenges, it's an opportunity to get better, right? Like, for example, if it's harder to win, then you have an opportunity to sharpen the saw, as they say, as Cutting said, and get better at how you present and get better at what you do it also if you're really good at what you do it's an opportunity to shine yes. because uh, you know it's it's people are scrutinizing more difficult so i do i agree mm -hmm. with you tab it's an opportunity i love that well and i i think i think a couple of things 
first of all, I, I agree. We, we need to get more focused on who our ideal clients are. Mm. We, we need to really ask ourselves, are, are we communicating the, the value of our solutions in, in a way that is meaningful to the, the, the prospects and customers we're talking to, right? Are we, mm. or, or are we still just drinking our own Kool-Aid kind yeah. of thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, but the thing that really comes to mind for me is, and, and guys, I, I used to coach little league basketball. I, I coached little league, you know, my kids in basketball. Mm-hmm. And even before I had kids, I, I used to coach basketball. And I know that probably is, comes as a surprise to people who know I'm only five, nine and may, maybe a half, <laughs> but, um, he but I, I love he coaching basketball. Jump. He, exactly. He, dunks, he jumps yeah. through the roof. That's mm-hmm. the but, negative. But what I discovered is the teams that halfway through the year hadn't won a game yet usually did better in the playoffs than the teams that were undefeated halfway mm-hmm. through the year. Interesting. Why? Now, that, now that's a they good were thing. hungry because half if 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 better. we're four and zero in an eight game season or five and zero in a mm-hmm. ten game season. I take my foot off the gas as a coach. Yeah. Yeah. You're not like, hungry just have, anymore. Just have fun kids. Like, you know, we're, and, but every, every, all the other kids, they're losing game and their coaches are working, working. And then you get into the playoffs, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. all the kids that have been work, they've been working hard for 10, 12, you know, 15 weeks. Yeah. They beat the kids that have, you know, been slacking off. So to me, I do think that, that when, when we, when we are faced with more difficult times, it makes us, Tom, you use the term sharp and saw. I think mm-hmm. it makes us work harder. And, and I agree. Right. It's, it's an opportunity. I think yep. it's an opportunity. So, yeah. And it's I'm all your pro- mindset. I'm going to propose a, a different third bullet tab, although I mm. think that was powerful. Okay. Uh, that we, that it's an opportunity. I want to propose a very tactical third and then we'll vote at the end and then okay. we'll decide. I want to say, I want to challenge people that when, when, economy gets tight budgets get tight and budgets aren't real right so like even if they say you have a budget to the people below you know that are you know sort of driving the decision making process they typically are evaluators that have a budget mm-hmm. and a lot of times those budgets aren't real even though they may be working because they can be pulled at any time uh, or the budget doesn't exist so like hey this sounds great but i gotta go sell up I think it's really critical when a recession hits is you got to move upstream in the organization and talk to people who mm. own the problem and really determine what happens. You can't get comfortable working with people who, you know, are like out there evaluating who, who love what you do and love it, but they can't get it approved. And the problem is if you come in at that level, well, although that's sometimes required, yeah. it's really difficult to move up because you're kind of stuck or seen at the buyer level, if you will. Uh, or evaluator level. And I think it's just, and, and again, if you've got that relationship, work together to move up and and, and partner, but we've got to get to the people who ultimately determine what happens. And that's a different skill set. And it's also, you have to know what's on their whiteboard. You can't, that's a different level question. Those are different. They care mm-hmm. about different things. And so, because ultimately, if you can make a business case at that level, they'll create the funds. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we're saying the same thing. I mean, okay. I think it's, oh, is it's this your way of getting your bullet. Number? Yeah. Exactly. I can make three work <laughs> all day long. It's my gift. No, it's really, you're building yeah. the right value at the right level. And, and it's, oh, like you, do, yeah. you know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. like, 
you got to be tighter on your value, but you got to be talking to the right people. I mean, it, yeah. and it, 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 value is fine, but if you're not at yeah. the right level and you're not talking to the people that care about it, forget it. It doesn't matter. I yeah. agree. So, yeah. And point. I think it all fits into upping your game and yeah. you know, handling the challenge because it's going to take more work to your point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But by the way, Tom, you just inspired me to suggest that I think you guys should have a podcast dedicated to the word budget okay. and, mm. and understanding what, what do people mean when they say budget and what mm. do we think yeah. we mean when we say budget and or hear budget as sales professionals, that yeah. alone, I think is, is a, is a, is a, you know, I love oh, that would, would That's be a worthy a podcast. podcast. Yep. But if, if I may, I, I, I have, I have one final thought to share and it, and it might tie the two things that you guys have, have put together, you know, have, have, have yeah. suggested here. Um, and the inspiration actually comes from you, Tom, and you, oh, wow. you, okay. you may not even, you may not even remember this. So I, I think both you guys know, I, I run this little LinkedIn live program called tech sales advice. Mm -hmm. And Tom was a guest on tech sales advice earlier this year. Mm -hmm. And and during that conversation, which was a brilliant, it was a fantastic conversation. One of the highlights of my of of that of the of the year for that program, by the way. Thank you, thank you. Um, Tom talked about his book and unreceptive and making people a priority and dropping the rope and taking the trip and and all the things that we talk about. And at the very end, I asked Tom, and I don't know if you remember this, Tom. I said, Tom. If if I were to if I were to bump into you on the street mm. and 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 recognize say oh my gosh Tom I just saw you on Tech Sales Advice I just got my first job as a sales professional any advice for me I don't know if you remember what you said Tom but it was so impactful for me what did I say I don't want to guess <laughs> you, you you said be disciplined okay what you said oh. you said be disciplined. And what struck me is that in spite of all the things that we talk about mm -hmm. that, that make the Aslan other centered selling approach yeah. unique and different. And it's, mm -hmm. you know, we get into the core and, it, and it's emotional and it's people at the end of the day, like what you said was we Do need to be, none of that matters. If yep. we're not, if we're not disciplined, mm -hmm. so no. I, I'm going to, and, and maybe this ties into what we're saying and, and maybe not, but I, I, I would, I, I would just cast a, or, or put in, put a, a candidate in the entry a for, yeah, well, I, I think I you know, there, this is all beautiful. You're right. Because I think we should it, let the audience vote tab. Yes, I do too. Because we, we have be disciplined. We have, you know, build value Move. basically. And we have moving, you know, making sure you're communicating at the right level. Yeah. Um, fear, deconstructing fear. Uh, we got, we've already, we're not asking the audience about fear deconstruction or emotional ROI. I'm sorry. I just think we just make that statement. That's just, yeah, it. That's good, what do that's you think? Good. Are we I good agree. on that? I agree. But I, I love your point, Chris, about, uh, uh, and I don't know exactly why I said that, but I, I think I, I do believe that now that I, I'm kind of revisiting that that question, because if you don't do the work, it doesn't matter. It's like either we get a lot of we get caught up a lot in how do we do it and what are we good at? And like it's like it's like, like people get stuck in this sort of I've got fear. Well, the best way to work through your fear is to make more calls, do more work. And so to me if you think about your plan that's non-negotiable work your plan 
set your goals, work your plan, do your work. And then you just get better at it. But yet that is number one, because exactly. I mean, it, it's just crazy to me that the, the, this, the opportunity for success and especially yep. in a down economy is, it is because there's so many people who don't just show up, like don't, they don't know what's on the customer's whiteboard. They don't know their customers. They don't work on their craft. They don't do the train. They don't make the calls. They don't do the work. They just, they just, and they, so if the people that are willing to do it, they're, well, they get it demotivated. Be, they get, yeah. yeah. I mean, to your point, and then they don't really do the hard work to figure out how do we position ourselves when it's down? I don't yeah. do the hard work. I'm not disciplined to do that. I'm just going to yeah. be lazy and do it the way I've always done. And by the yeah. way, I'm not going to go try to figure out how to craft a good positioning statement to talk to a higher level person because they could be not nice to me. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. Or I'm not it's hard to know what that is. And I know that's yeah. not what I think about or yeah. So yeah, I think you're right. If you're not disciplined, forget all of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah. going back to yeah. connecting it all back to the first bullet point about fear. A lot of times we're not disciplined. It's, I think it's two reasons. One, because we have fear. We have fear of failure, exactly. right? Exactly. Or, or we haven't really thought about what we want. Motivation is typically a wanting problem. We don't know what we want. And so that's where we start. And by the way, if you don't want to serve your customers and be in a role of sales, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. Then you need to figure out what you want. Or maybe being successful in sales leads you to the what you ultimately want. It's part of the path. But it's either you don't know what you want and, it's, and what you're doing isn't connected to what you want, or there's some fear that's keeping you like writing a book or yeah. speaking or doing whatever it is. It's like, yeah, if I do that, I'm going to fail. You know, Tab, you, this goes back to something you taught me. I remember early on, I actually was afraid of feedback. Mm. I, I hid from feedback. I had fear related to it because I guess it was an identity thing. Like if you see me doing something and you give me feedback, you're going to tell me basically I'm not very good at something and that hurt. Mm. And that sounds so immature, but that was, and I remember you going, I love it. Give me feedback. Tell me how, to, you know, the people were walking, <laughs> you would say like the rep, like, all right, what I do wrong? All right, give it to me. I'm ready. And I was like, embrace Where do it. I, I suck? Where I do I, I suck? Give me, you know, tell me, you know, versus I was always like trying to manage my image early in my career. <laughs> and it's, um yeah it's so, good you don't have an image it's so much easier to get feedback yeah it's like i'm like well, whatever i mean like, role play like i don't want to role play because you're going to see that i'm not any good or you know or i'm going to do it wrong or and then i'm going to have to, no just hey we all got to get better you know we got to so get good. better we need coaching here's a gap chris so can you will you promise to come back of course, you know I'm I'm delighted to be here anytime, guys. Okay. Guys, right, we could you... figure out the world's problems. The three of us just throw yeah. us in a room together. I, I think we can figure it out. Man. I love it. Um, I love it. So, all right. So when you're num New York Times bestseller, then then uh, you have to promise you'll still talk to us because yeah. although Amazon may be even more prestigious. So, but anyway, seriously, con congrats <laughs> on your success, yes. my friend. I mean. Uh, you're super talented. I love being associated with you. Love having you part of our team. Um, so grateful for how you serve our customers and how you teach all of us to, to, to um, improve how we sell and serve and uh, the best of luck to you, my friend, let us know whenever you want to be on the show. Um, you always got an open door tab. Thank good to see much. you. Thank you very much. And, and, and uh, guys, who's ever uh, uh, people that are listening to the show, please give us feedback, how we can improve, share the show. If you feel like it can help, um, but that's one of the best ways for people to find out about us is to give us feedback, uh, give us comments. It's also the best way for us to improve. Thanks for joining us for another episode of sales with Aslan. Mm -hmm.